Hi, I'm Kyle, and on this 418th episode of the MWA podcast, Sean, Mark, and myself are asking Matt Weta the five questions. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out Matt's interview on episode 417. So, welcome back to the show, Matt. Thank you so much. And uh, before we get started with the five questions, do we have a patron shout out? We sure do. We're we going to. Oh, Mark, I didn't even see you there. Go ahead, man. <laughs> so, so my, uh, I had a, had a bit of a delay on the audio, but uh, yes, we do. We do have a Patreon supporter that we'd like to thank, and this week it's Blake Laurie. Uh, Blake, we really appreciate your support, and if you would like to support us like Blake does, uh, you can go out to patreon.com slash podcast and show your support. Yep, and check out Blake's Instagram, and you can, you know, just drool over his new planer. So anyway, <laughs> you can support us by supporting Blake who supports us, <laughs> but you can also just support us or you can support us and Blake. Like whatever yeah. you do, support somebody. So support Blake through us or, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. So uh, Mark, kick us off on the five questions. Okay, Matt. Uh, so when we did our interview, you mentioned that your dad took you to uh, North Bennett street when you were young. Is, is that how you got into woodworking? Uh, yes, officially. Um, I always, uh, I should say that was my first, I could be a professional taste at it, but I've been, I've been in his workshop since I could walk out into it. And I have memories of his hand on top of my head, steering me around. And I remember having words for machinery <laughs> by the sounds that they made. That's amazing. It's cool. That really is. That's such a cool experience. So you might say it's in your blood. A little bit. A little bit. Wow. I used well, to say I don't know what else to do, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, also let's delve into what your favorite tool is. Now, I'll, word of advice, we have tw- the limit is 23 favorite tools. All right. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Uh, do they have plugs on the ends or no plugs? Could be. That is to you. Yeah, plugs or not. So I'll go no plugs, uh, my small one-inch chisel collection, but one-inch chisel. Okay. Uh, number four hand plane, any good cutting gauge, and maybe a scratch dock. Ooh, nice. Oh. You like your scratch dock for the green wood or? Uh, for oh, for the uh, for the for either for both. Yeah. We'll do both. Oh, the we'll scratch dock is like a like a for making shapes, right? Like it, uh, you can. I make my own. We make our own kind of. Uh, they look like mini shaper cutters. That I oh, like out of like broken bandsaw blades and stuff. And, steel. Yeah, I was yep. thinking for some reason I was thinking like a, a scratch gauge, not a cutting gauge. Ah, uh, okay. Like scratch, yeah, like a nail, a rusty nail at the end of it. But yeah. the the cutting gauge part, I prefer the ones that like the marking gauge style. I can take the knife out, sharpen it, change its shape, yeah. do what things I want mm-hmm. to it, put it back in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan, big fan of the Francois Cullen gauges. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, so do you have a favorite scratch stock like uh, the Stanleys or? I, 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 we, I make my own. Okay. It's uh, kind of two L-shaped pieces of material with you know drywall screwed together, and then okay, uh, gotcha. different sizes. There are long ones, short ones, that kind of thing. Um, but as simple as like a single cut that will put a strung line into something, maybe veneer mm-hmm. on edge, to as complicated as a as a molded shape. It just happens to be on something I can't fit onto a piece of equipment. Right. Or the router is kind of one and done, and if it happens, it's done. If it goes wrong, it's over. Yeah, like a continuous arm rocking chair or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something something that would that you just can't quite get that thing with the plug on it to bear. Um, yes, but yeah. and if it has plugs on it, mm-hmm. and we go with the big things, I'm still gonna go bandsaw first. Still my favorite. 
thing mm-hmm. um, opened the door to all of it. And my memory of my father's shop is that was the machine he let me use first. It's one of and, those weirdly like safe but dangerous. Safe but the same so thing. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. It's like a bear trap, but not. Yeah. Better yeah. than a lathe as far as that's concerned. But yeah, like you can cut your hand off, but also you could cut things without much danger. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first power tool I let my kid use. I, mm-hmm. I just put my hands on top of his hands and, and yep. we drove the, you know, drove the part through. But that's yep. the yeah. Pinewood Derby rite of passage tool. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It was before that, but yeah. That's <laughs> Many of nice. those. Many yeah. of those. And I, I guess if I, so I have the creative end, I'll take the, I'll take the shaper and, or I'm sorry, I'll take the, uh, I'll take the bandsaw. And for the, uh, for the things that allow like other, other human things to happen, like a good, quality trip to the grocery store or uh that mortgage that needs to get paid i'll, I'll go with my shaper and my molder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you need to go to workhorse yeah yep. yep and the power feeders along with them climb cuts all day long absolutely totally. yes. <laughs> yeah. in the safest best supported and non-touching kind of way yep. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, never without the never without the power feed <laughs> absolutely yeah so uh ongoing here uh who has influenced you the most i guess either in teaching or woodworking i would have to it would have to start with both of my parents were they were professionals in their work life uh microbiologists and medical technologists and eventually episcopal priests uh my mom uh but i grew up in a way we kind of grew up on a on a in a how do you say they bought a 1790s house in Kingston, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, for like a mm-hmm. dollar fifty in 1972, <laughs> and we moved in with no heat, no running water, and yeah. you could uh, see from all the way from the basement to this to the third floor, right? right. Rooms, real a real bargain, absolutely. Yep, <laughs> and it. I don't know if it should have been contemned then, but at the same, it was on the historic register, so they decided they were going to have a an eight acre farm and bring a two year old there, me, wow. and uh, and my dad had a built a workspace onto the onto the other side of the house that got built first and some of my early memories of like my mom out on the scaffolding who could definitely shingle a building way quicker and faster than my father ever could um (laughs) and i mean cedar shake Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. while she was doing that he was inside getting everything going and trying to build up trying to fix this house for us with like so my first words were things like roof all done and <laughs> make a sentence i could go a ladder you know those kind of things and uh, i just figured that everyone grew up on plywood subfloors everyone had chickens in the house ever and don't get me wrong mom or dad still love you and that was okay that was a good way to grow up um, that's amazing it really is i mean it, it, we've we've heard that you know general term you've just taken it to an extreme <laughs> of, of like homesteading in the most wholesome of ways you know and it truly and, was that it truly was yeah everything yeah. is canned and, was just, and homemade and and yeah i think the timing just has to be right you have to be the certain age right now to have experienced that for sure yep um but that is that is so cool that like you have those early early memories of just literally making your own way like that's yep. what that was like that's it was what it totally felt like 
and if, awesome. if I couldn't have the toy, I have the bandsaw and I can make the toy. Uh, right. Yeah. And there was plenty of that going on. And I probably have like all the days and years mixed up. Like in my mind, I was like putting milk crates down on the floor and then climbing up and then running the saw. That probably was not the case. I was probably more like seven or eight years old, but I was definitely independent in there. And I, I would went in there by myself and, and, and did stuff. I remember the radial arm saw alone when I shouldn't have. Uh, and cutting <laughs> sticks that was that was that was Ooh. all kinds of not, cool. oh, not uh, good. Yeah. but again, nothing happened. It was, I was gonna say, all, all 10 fingers have yes, to go. Good to go. Um, <laughs> you're better than some touch shop things, teachers. But I, I'm still connected. Uh, but the I think after that, it was it was um, it was again the continuation of of my of both of my parents. My I remember the conversation with my mom, like. I was living in Colorado. I was building houses out there. I was probably, I was 26 or 27 years old. And, um, and she said, you know, your dad has known about this place in Boston since he was your age, since he was in his early twenties. And he chose us instead of that. So wow. why don't you go to this two week thing with him? And, and I think I might've even said something dumb, like I got to work or mm. how do I get there? And like, yeah. again, I, at this point in my, in my woodworking career, my father was the craftsman. I was the bigger hammer. I was the, huh. how, how, uh, I, I love to build houses. I truly mm. did love to build yep. houses yep, and it, that camaraderie and that teamwork and all that stuff. But anyways, um, I thought, well, all right, if he's into it, we'll see what happens. And I met Dan Faya. I, who was 25 at the time and doing this amazing architectural carving in front of us as we were doing our exercises. And I think if he wasn't doing that and it wasn't him, I remember him taking me, uh, we either went to lunch or we were outside during the, there was a weekend break in the middle. It was two weeks long. And I had done maybe two or three of each exercise that he put in front of me. And he like, have you ever thought of like just doing this instead of doing that? And I'm like, mm. no, truly. I've never thought of it. <laughs> um, and by the end of that week though, it was like, you should take a, you should take an application. Wow. So I did. And when I told everyone back in Colorado, like I went to this trade school in Boston, I saw stuff that's impossible to make by hand and folks were making it by hand. When, when Dan took yeah. us around to show us the area outside of continuing education, it's like, you can't, no one can make that. How does that get, how does that drawing even ever get produced by hand and, or with anything with a machine for that matter. And so I just told all my friends I was going to go. And then my roommate said, you should probably apply because it's due in like a month. And <laughs> I did. And I don't know if y'all remember like when I, I didn't go to college that long, but the acceptance letter from the new, from, from, from college was like four feet square. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And yeah. North mm -hmm. Bennett Street decided to do it in like a regular envelope. So it didn't really mm -hmm. look like a yes. I can say yes in that thing. Right. Yeah. And literally three days went by. Finally, my roommate opened it. He's like, you get to go in January. Look at that. And, but oh. the, when I applied, the, the admissions director said, when you don't get accepted, if you're really into it, apply again. Wow. That's how it was left with me with a mm. 6 a.m. interview over the phone from Denver to Boston. And hmm. I applied and, I got accepted. And That's amazing. So the rest my, is history. Yeah. And the, the mentorship there was, I mean, it started with Dan, it started with my dad. And then I, I met Dan Faya and he was just like young and fast and excited and really good, like really good mm -hmm. at everything. Like, hmm. don't let them, don't let them get 
don't let them get all humble on you. Like, yeah, I made a few wind chairs. Yeah, whatever, yeah. pal. You yeah. Made, made a few wind chairs, whatever. <laughs> um, but, and then I met Will Neptune and mm. that was the moment where he's like, good, good. Like, what do you mean? Good. What am I doing? Am I standing on something? Am I holding something <laughs> yeah. up in a good way? He's like, no, I don't have to teach you how to work. Ah, uh, mm. that's like, a compliment and a half. All right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that means. Okay. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I'll be here tomorrow. Yep. And the mistake I made as a student was not engaging with Lance Patterson right away. Mm. And I, I had Will and, and Paula Garbarino, who is also amazing. She's since retired from North Bennett Street, but she's still an unbelievable cabinet maker and maker. And her big thing is the Smithsonian show. And she mm -hmm. rocks it every year. And a beautiful marketeer and cabinet maker and chair maker. Uh, so, and Lance was always the department head and busy with like the higher up folks that were finishing and just seemed like out of reach. And I just can't, you can't talk to the wizard, man. You don't even know what to say. <laughs> and I remember him saying things like, or asking me questions like, I'm not familiar with this shape. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't even know what the shape's supposed to be. He's like, well, if that's what you like, like, I don't know what I like. I like what you like until you tell me what to not like and what I should like more. <laughs> and then the second year happened and then the door kind of opened and he just helped me and mm. showed me like he would do things like that should take three days and he would shuffle off and he'd come back in three days and it should be done. And, and when I kind of talk about my work and like my process, like I'm slow at the workbench compared to my mentorship. And mm -hmm. I make up for it in the other room sometimes where the loud things are. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day was I use Lance's words more than not in my head when I'm working by myself. And when I'm working with my students, I think like, what would Lance do? And it probably might not have a plug on the end of it. But mm -hmm. at the same time, remember what Will told you about work and remember what Lance told you about shapes and everything is going to be fine. And mm -hmm. I asked him what I should do in the end. And he said, you just keep doing the work that you're doing. You keep making good work. And the rest of it will find you. And then be careful what you wish for because you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, per a previous conversation, that sounds like you found your own personal Yoda. I, he, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are others. There are others, but he is ours. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those kind of, I, I wish, for lack of a better phrase, I think sometimes uh, River City or North Bennett Street takes the, takes the front stage and mm -hmm. I'm in the back, like pay no attention to that person behind the curtain. Um, I have to remind myself that like, that's not the case. And mm -hmm. that I wish that sometimes that the world would know more about the folks that work there and the folks that, that have come from there. And especially Patterson, um, he will quietly continue to do his thing and might not know unless you know or let you do someone or you saw something you know or something he's written a few times for the magazines he's he's shown all over new england and he's made work for everybody in some way um i get emails via the toolbox videos about patterson's work that others have bought um <laughs> and they send me pictures of like when he was in his 40s and uh but I wish that like maybe like the Smithsonian grant would find him in some miracle mm -hmm. way or that an accolade, like he's been nominated for everything you could ever be nominated for. And at the end of the day, just kind of nods and says, I'll make a frame for it, I guess, or I'll make base for it. <laughs> <laughs> just not into that stuff at all. And it's the ongoing, like his, his, the student work, 
his mission with the students and mm. I think keeping us on the straight and narrow for a yeah. better phrase. But so he's all of our mentors and yeah. I just wish maybe the rest, uh, everyone else would get to see some of that. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. Well, everybody needs somebody like that. That's yes. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So what has been your stumbling block? What's been hard for you? I think making it a real business <laughs> has been always a trick. Um, and that's part of, I think, the trick, the, 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 the not challenge, well, let's call them challenges, the challenges of being a one-person thing. Uh, we, we take our students to a field trip uh, to a business called Mark Ritchie Woodworking. Uh, they're in Newburyport, Mass. I'm just giving you an example of like how big and how, how unbelievably outrageous and awesome they become. Um, right. And there are plenty of these shops around the country and around the world, but uh, he's a, one of the, one of the uh, owners or one of the partners is a graduate of our program. And like they do work like they did the entire Apple national, international headquarters build out. And mm, like yeah. they made, they made parts that don't exist in wood mm -hmm. and metal and glass. Uh, they've got over 50 people working for them. They boast, uh, you know, more than 10 or 12 hundred K a year employees that run, run their, run their internals. Uh, point being, that never was me. And yeah. it, I remember coming out of the gate like, okay, I made X. Then I doubled X. Then I doubled that. Then I hit the wall. Then 2009 mm -hmm. came and everybody hit the wall. But um, that to me was always kind of been a, a challenge. Like, I don't, I like the other part better. I don't want to do QuickBooks. I, I, I remember <laughs> like, you know what? You could get paid if you actually invoice them. Mm -hmm. And and my yeah. my friend that I'm we're gonna collaborate and make the projects for his family, he even said he's like, Didn't your shop rent go up? You should probably charge me more. Like, who the heck do you think you are, pal? I'll let you know when I want to be cheaper. Oh, right. I want to the ground. Thank exactly. You I'll let you know when I'm gonna bill out at 50 bucks an hour. Uh, <laughs> but also I remember a great bit of advice from uh from Gary Knox Bennett's wife, Sylvia mm -hmm. Bennett who is the monster of the midway in that business relationship is my memory when without having Gary in the room to defend me. Uh, and she said to me, if you don't bill at more than 50 to a hundred dollars an hour self-employed, you might want to think about doing something else. And oh. I thought now like, huh, you should have made that 150 to 250 bucks an hour. We would have had a conversation. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, that stuck with me. And I try to stay true to that. And the other half of that is Will Neptune's words. If you can't carve four feet a day, you should probably hire somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe think uh -huh. about doing something else. And right. some of that clicked and some of that didn't click. Good <laughs> for four feet a day, but the other parts are always a little bit tricky. Um, but others have been helpful with that. Designers are helpful with that. Other other clients are helpful with that. You don't even realize they're being helpful with that. I've lost work by not charging enough, and I've lost work by charging too much. Mm -hmm. But yeah. it, it it it's all it's a mystery. I'm not all the way sure I can understand how it works. But so I think the business has been a little bit of a stumble, and and just yeah, I don't know. I like the other parts better. And yep. So I, I do a lot alone. of different things to keep the business alive. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of my past lives, I dealt a lot with commercial furniture, Kimball's, Herman Miller's, all of those folks. And uh, yeah, it's it's a whole, I mean, you know. It's a whole separate trade. Whole, whole separate trade. What they charge for a cubicle, you would not believe. Most uh, cubicles yep. are about five to $8,000. Yep. 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 
And the reason why the ones I work out of in the office are 30 years old. Yes. Because that <laughs> investment is horrible. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, it's, it's one of those things, but yeah. And the, the furniture's crap and you know, whatever, but you know, it's what it is. And you know, it fits that corporate mm-hmm. environment. And unfortunately, yeah, I wouldn't want to be there either, but <laughs> if you want to make money, yep. Management is a big part of that, I think. Mm-hmm. And yep, yep. there's a, even with, uh, and I'm learning that as my shop grows with just folks coming in and do regular work. And, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, uh, I have a family now, uh, and balance is a thing and always mm-hmm. important trying to keep that in that direction and not be at the shop 72 yeah. hours a day. And, and that's the other thing <laughs> I, I forget that yeah. like, it's fun. I forget yeah. that like a lot of folks do it for just mm-hmm. fun. And yeah. And at the same time, like I, I would like to kind of keep some of that. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we'll say this to have a good time on the corporate furniture uh, side of it. If you ever go to uh, Chicago, is visit the furniture mart there. Ah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where all the all the big uh, uh, firms like your Kimballs, your Hans, your Herman Millers, and they all have their you know top of line furniture there and there yep. is some fantastic stuff there hmm. you know it's nothing you're gonna build you know a lot of it's metal and upholstery and all of that kind of stuff but you know you can get some good design i was gonna say great and, spot for some ideas yep yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well um anyway well moving on yeah let's let's take the uh the final question so uh how has the internet influenced your work if at all you seem uh, like a pretty non-digital guy i am unconnected uh, mm-hmm. I, oh, I, I applaud you, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's a practice. Um, I'll to say the least, uh, I had an Instagram account once. I remember a student saying, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to tell 3000 people, like, I'm going <laughs> to tell me no and right. they can move right. on. It's okay. There's plenty of other folks. Uh, we, I had a partnership business about midway through with a, with a, another shop mate and uh, we did a bunch of, uh, really cool handmade commercial projects, like outfitted the library in Kingston where I learned how to read. That's where we made 40 chairs. Um, wow. and one of those like, oh, we'll do it with the domino. And then at the end, it's actually faster the way we were taught to make it. So they're all joined and throughed in the whole way and mm-hmm. mortised and tenoned and shaped and all the stuff. Um, but on the other hand, you've done a lot with fine woodworking live. Uh, I mean, fine woodworking and, uh, you know. Out there, you, you got your, you got all the videos you've done for them. So I'm sure they maybe are, maybe not you. It's not influenced your work, but I'm sure your work has influenced theirs. That oh, is yeah. an awesome yeah. way to say it. I was trying yeah. to figure out how I could say that it's more of like the they can there. That's their part. That's like yeah. what that's like y'all. That's the part. Some of the parts y'all do really good. And on one hand, I, I, it. We when during the partnership, like we need a website. Okay, you need to write for the website. Okay, and then I realized that in that moment that it's a machine I don't want to maintain. I've got eight others that are needing me more, and mm-hmm. it. And then others say, well, you should have an online portfolio so your folks can say that's my that's my person that makes my work. And I, I'll be super honest. I, we've made work for folks I can never tell you who it was and where it went, mm-hmm. and. And not to say that that's always what happens, but at the end, um, yeah, I think that I think the internet's definitely important. I think without it, we wouldn't have like I don't think anyone would have been able to see the things that I've done, especially for the trade magazines. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 connecting with y'all and doing stuff like that it's that's an important component i i think about like my younger students my 18 to 25 year olds and i can't tell them to not do it i have to encourage them to do it because it is their world it mm -hmm. you can't deny that technology and you can't deny that seemingly endless menu of the world to folks that don't know what it it would be like without it and i i uh, per uh Per your comments, Mark, about about homesteading, or Sean about homesteading, if the internet was there, it wouldn't have been the same. But at the same time, without it now, I can't maybe bring some of the things I want to do to light, like meeting and mm -hmm. speaking with y'all, having that other stuff reach other woodworkers really far away from me that would yeah. maybe never visit or never commission anything, or and just to have like a moment to see some person in new england <laughs> sitting in a room full of patterns and scraps uh putting something together so but yes thank you for that kyle i appreciate that segue that oh. was very helpful oh not a problem not a problem well with that uh where can folks find you on the interwebs if they so desire to reach out um i don't know uh i think i am a googleable commodity uh <laughs> others have told me that but at the end of the day the uh the uh shoot me a line at the school email let me know what you think. All right. um and at the same time thank you all for uh for having me on and risking a, a non-internet person oh at no. the end. <laughs> not at all uh usually I envy... it's dan not anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i envy your status so. absolutely so for those looking that's m wada w-a-g-d-a w-a-j-d-a thank you at, at, at mbss.edu yeah i'm sorry i was speaking over you no no you know it better than i do <laughs> well with that mark <laughs> where can folks find you uh you can find me at plate11.com or jointeffort.net or you can uh reach me on instagram at mark builds it how about you kyle uh, you can always find me on instagram at barton.kyle or bbcustomtools bbcustomtools.com or YouTube under BB Custom Tools or Kyle Barton. And maybe BB I need Custom to Tools. embrace my inner Matt and uh, limit some of that. I, I, I am trying I'm a bad to, example. <laughs> I, I'm so, trying to just combine Plate 11 and joint effort into one hosting site, like when Crucible merged with Lost Art Press. Yeah. Uh, just having, having to maintain two at the same time is becoming burdensome. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it is. I got three accounts I have to maintain because I got the MWA podcast account too. So, oh, we thank you for doing that, by the way. We oh, appreciate cool. it. Yeah, All yeah, the yeah. That. <laughs> well, with that said, uh, my <laughs> own personal gripe. So, Sean, where can folks find you? <laughs> you can find me on most social medias at Sean W78. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.